The following is a fourth-hand production. Previously on Hysteria 51. And I just so you know, I've been continuing my research into time travel last week. Uh, so I'll, <laughs> I'll probably have a report to you uh, imminently in 1982. Space Force. Space Force. UFOs, as you all know, and we kind of preach this to you, aren't necessarily extraterrestrials. Just objects that haven't been identified. Unidentified flying objects. Side note, did you see that the uh, the government is now making a list of of uh, I guess what they would call influencers, so it could be uh, celebrities, TV personalities, uh, authors, and podcasters. We've been right all along. You, the one thing you know is you'll never get a, a, a straight answer. Almost the- like like that's an acronym for something. Never a straight answer. You dumb bat. No, keep going. I don't know for a fact that I'm going to be punched in the face. Until someone actually right. punches right. me yes, in the face. Yes, and fan. these are dudes who have seen a lot of stuff. Right. They know what's going on out there. Clouds, stars, swamp gas. 1981 yeah. Buick Grand Nationals. Right. Another member of the alphabet soup might have been involved. I'll give you oh. a hint. It begins with a C and ends with an A. Guess what? For the vast majority of these, nothing to see here. But there's a whole bunch that we can't figure out. They say... I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? Not crazy. This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. 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 Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. Here. The truth is out there. It's alive. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in Hysteria Nation to the podcast that's going so deep into disclosure, you'd think our name was Michael Douglas. This is Hysteria 51. Tom, what are you going to do? Grin and bear it like I usually do and hope it doesn't get any worse. Broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago, we're your hosts and lead disclosers. Is that a thing? Brent Hand and John Goforth. Nobody has to know. Disclosure the movie, yes. That was not only amazing, it was so far ahead of its time when it came to technology, I guess you want to call that? <laughs> 90s technology. You have access to Digicom's Corridor, our prototype for a virtual reality database. Enjoy the demonstration. Yeah, and the VR was better apparently in 94 than we have today. That makes sense. And of course, much better than Lawnmower Man. <laughs> I can do better than they did in that movie. You can produce better VR than they did in Disclosure. No, I can sexually harass people better. Demi Moore's got nothing on me. Hip checks out. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. The other creepy voice you're hearing is, for some reason that we are unsure of, the third host of this show. His name is Conspiracy Bot. Bot is a robot I built in my lab to help make the show, uh, to lighten our workload. And instead, he sits around and drinks too much while we clean up after him. It's like having kids but with slightly less booze involved if you're in the go-forth house. <laughs> Somebody's teething who needs a shot. <laughs> That's tough but fair. Yeah. As DCFS gets yeah. called yeah. on me, yeah. Uh-oh, there's a ring of the bell. <laughs> it's like having kids because I'm so cute. By the way... Would you like to see me sexually harass a meat sack? No, 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 we're good. Let let let's just <laughs> let's just get on with the show. Are you sure? I give great massages. That's just creepy alone. I, John, I, I see we have a returning guest. Let's get on with it. Yes. 
Seabot, you are more than thrilled with this week's guest. No. Yes, you are. It is the one and only Joseph Peck. Pecker! His name is Pecker. Joe, you are the guest so nice we brought you back twice in a row. You must be doing something right. Well, it's been so long since I've been here. Old Joe it's, No Gag Reflex Becker. So, you know. Uh, well, I read your diary, John. That wasn't, it's a medium account. You can read about this whole That wasn't expected, but here we are. <laughs> Come back to talk more disclosure to Joe. This time we're naming names. How's that sound? It's frankly, all I've ever wanted. <laughs> we're talking about the players and the game, Joseph. Uh, wow. and And no matter who you're talking about... <laughs> They have to be careful, or the government might shut them up. And he knows that full well because he got put on a on a list. We found out I've when he been, had to buy that yeah. book in, in college. Shut uh, the, the, yeah, that's many, right. You're on the CAA times. list. Yeah. I sent you guys the book. So he did, and now to, I see uh, after seeing it why you didn't want to say the name on really? the air because of the subject matter. So uh, very, very, very it astute, is what it is. very poignant. It is what, I'm part of it. I'm part of it now. Mm-hmm. So we we talked last week a lot about disclosure and how the CIA and other mem- other forces in the government have have been at work behind the scenes to stop it from happening. But what we are going to do this week is talk about the players that are actively trying to make it happen. And as I was just referencing before, there have been people in the past who have done this. And and one guy that really stands out is Donald Kehoe. So so Kehoe... Donald Quixote? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's uh, the man of C.A. La Mancha. Yeah, I think Yeah, uh, yep, yep. Uh, he... <laughs> People said they saw UFOs. He so, saw windmills. It's a big windmill. That's all it was. Windmills everywhere. It's a windmill in you the mean sky. Weather balloon? No, windmill. 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 Yeah. These that weather is, balloons are ridiculous. For you kids at home, that's literary humor. <laughs> yeah, bring it. Literally literary <laughs> humor. Whoa! Yes, I did it. Intelligence. John, you're lit today. Hey, uh, holy wordplay. So now that we got all the bad jokes out of the way, we can get to the funny stuff. Uh, not as long as you're on this show. Hey-o. So, Kehoe was long involved with ufology. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But on January 22nd, 1958, he actually appeared on a CBS live television show called the Armstrong Circle Theater to speak about the UFO topic. And here's the weird part. He actually appeared. Like, it was a different topic yeah. on the show, and he just suddenly materialized. He, I am here right to talk there. about UFOs. <laughs> I'm here to talk about human UFOs. I mean UFOs. Yeah. <laughs> So Kehoe charged that a U.S. congressional committee was evaluating evidence that will, quote, absolutely prove that the UFOs are machines under intelligent control, end quote. However, yeah. as he was about to launch into the launch full explanation. More play on Yes, words. thank you. CBS stopped the audio portion of the broadcast. His just mouth was moving right. and nothing was coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the director of editing, Herbert A. Karlborg, stated that the, quote, program had been carefully cleared for security reasons. And <laughs> when you watch other interviews, there were literally members of the government were in the booth yeah. when that when they killed the audio. So this was yeah. like one of those situations where gonna, you're like, we're just going to hit this button real quick. FYI, Karlborg, known Freemason. We'll be <laughs> probably. 
we'll be doing this show and you know some sort of technical snafu yeah. and we'll be like oh yep there they are they here's the thing us. everyone's gonna be so ecstatic because the majority of it is cutting off brent it's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be like finally the adventure begins again finally we can just listen to john and joe they literally cut his mic i mean there's they, they no just, other like because obviously and he they, was just they lying. It later. he was lying and they didn't want him to hear the things mm-hmm. he was saying because they didn't want to panic people it was all obviously obviously everything he's saying was untrue fake news uh do we know anyone who can read lips <laughs> so that was that was the appetizer right but the main course really are are two figurehead mouthpieces for disclosure in this world it, and current current current, current. Yeah. yeah and we and we want to, we're going to take kind of an in-depth look at both of them and what they're trying to do, uh, because they look at disclosure in two very different ways. Dr. That, Stephen Greer. He needs his own song on this show. We're going to create one idea. for him. Yeah. <laughs> and none could, of the other he one? Be, could he be played by David Allen Greer? Yeah, of course. On the yeah. show. Yeah. He, in living color. I mean, what else is David Allen Greer up to right now? Nothing. Actually, um, he won two Tonys last year. I, I can't back that up with facts, but, uh, you can't prove it either. He's, I think he got, I think he's trying to do the third revival. Of the Wiz. Go to Google.biz, look it up. It's right there. (laughs) (laughs) Who's the other one, though? Who's uh, Dr. Stephen Greer and Tom DeLong? Greer, a former emergency room doctor, and DeLong, you might be familiar with as the former lead guitarist and vocalist for Blink 182. Angel from my nightmare, shadow in the background of the disclosure agreement oh that was that was oh, brilliant. Wrong, wrong song brent oh, now, now they little baby don't, don't say a word. word that thing flying up there is just the black bird you know how uh you can look in apple now and and see where listenership picked up or dropped off mm-hmm. a steep decline just happened that bridge farm remembers all right so <laughs> so Go on so both greer and along are strident in their need for disclosure oh my gosh yeah. but they are diametrically opposed as to how it uh, as to why it hasn't happened yet. Mm. Greer believes it hasn't happened because the military-industrial complex controls everything and it would be bad for them. Mm. However, DeLong is on the other side of that coin and he says that uh, they've waited for our benefit. Yeah, yeah. It's two people going for the same thing with very different wool over their eyes or wool removed from their eyes. Removed, removed. Let's talk... Greer, because he's a fascinating character, and we, we've we've brought him up, but never really talked about his history on this show. But we've we've brought him up many, many, many times, and like you said, a former emergency room doctor. And and let's also say he's definitely of the camp that the government yeah. is out to get you. Poo poo, it's bad. You know, look out for the government. So he's a retired traumatologist. Yeah, so he he was in the the emergency room. Also, very fit guy. Sometimes you see him, he looks like he's yoked up, kind of kind of muscular. You know. I- I kind of feel like I could be called a traumatologist for having to do this show with you for well, it, like two years now. His name's Joe Peck, and he's not that bad. Oh, projection, Joe. I mean, it was a good try. Yeah. We we nice deflection, but we all know who John was talking about there. So all he's hey, ever wanted. Hey, she's my wife, and I'll ask you to shut your mouth. <laughs> all John's ever wanted was for Brent to be back with the traumatologist <clears throat> when I co-hosted with him for two stellar episodes. Oh, that's a, our very first flat Earth episode. Was, uh, so you mentioned Brent that uh, he is no longer a traumatologist, yeah. but a ufologist. No, de longer. Oh. Hey. All all night. Uh, so he founded the Center for Study of Extraterrestrial Intelligence, or CSETI. What's a really good name? SETI? You're right. How can we how can we make it better? CSETI. Perfect. <laughs> he also founded the Disclosure Project. CSETI. Yeah. 
And, and <laughs> that's what, I, I was, that's what we're, something. That's what we're going to next. Uh, oh, God. I almost want to give up. Uh, so <laughs> Greer, loves being on this show. Greer founded C-SETI in 90, created diplomatic and research-based initiative to contact extraterrestrial civilizations. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, it, it, research-based, scientific-based, if you really believe in it like he does – I'm I'm with them so far. Though the funny the funny part is, you know, you've you've heard of close, close encounters of the first kind and yeah. the second kind. Eventually, they came out with the fourth kind. Uh, Greer he doesn't stop there. Greer decided to invent his own and close encounters of the fifth kind, which is well, what they are 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 striving. In which 19, is in 1990, that's what you did. Was you started a research organization in 2017? What you do is what Brent and John did, and you start a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's true. That was 2016. Get your shit right, or you're not welcome back on this show. I'm so tired of being welcome back on this it's show. a good point it's and, a valid and if point you, if you listen to a show that we listen to uh secret transmission pod they go well we've been around for like three or four years i'm like you're you've not even been around as long as us well we had the idea for the show so we add that on so it's like two years longer well john and i had the idea for this show in 1998 so we're celebrating our 20th anniversary <laughs> this year of this show now granted we've only been producing content for two years but that doesn't count when you're in my head well i mean if it's worthwhile i did once talk about aliens in 1986 <laughs> so you could be <laughs> actually true. 32 years old if you uh, really uh, wish saying that you wanted to go see the movie et does not count so he didn't stop C-SETI with C-SETI in 1990. In 93, he founded the Disclosure Project, and that's something that we've we've touched on, too, and a lot of people have heard of. A nonprofit research project, which its goal is to disclose to the public the government's alleged knowledge of UFOs, extraterrestrial intelligence, and advanced energy and propulsion systems. Again, that makes sense. I'm behind that. They're like, hey, we're going to get to the bottom of this because we want to know. We want disclosure. Now, according to them, it was founded in an effort to grant amnesty to government whistleblowers willing to violate their security oaths by sharing insider knowledge about UFOs. Now, how, how's that but, going, Snowden? But here's my question. <laughs> um, how is a private group founded by a former doctor uh, allowed to – how can they grant amnesty to I, anyone? I think that the, the, the way that they, they looked at it. it by reading is they say – we're going to give you a pulpit so you can preach from because the best way to not get 86 is to oh. get your voice in front of as many people as possible. Here's what I don't that understand about that whole thing. Why is the amnesty or, or disclosure or anything else like, dude, when they actually say in their name advanced transportation, it's like, bro, just make that your goal. Stop hiding from us the ability right. to get somewhere in seven seconds yeah. because God knows that's all I care about right now. <laughs> like, if we have teleporters, get them in the public's hand ASAP. <laughs> I am tired of sitting next to some clown like John Goforth on a plane well, not who that, wants to talk about business. Not since that incident with Baxter Stockman, so we're still working on it. <laughs> so oh, here's the thing, though. What he says... Going back to Greer, at the time, he gave briefings to CIA director James Wolseley at a dinner party, although that's been mm. denied by director Wolsey and attendees. He's saying a that pizza dinner? he went to the CIA <laughs> and he, he had these talks. <laughs> then in 97, Greer, along with other members of CSETI, including Apollo astronaut Edgar Mitchell, who we talked about last episode, made a presentation at a background briefing for members of Congress. In 1998, Greer gives up completely on his physicianship and his his emergency room job in favor of the Disclosure Project full time. 
which which all kind of culminates in this groundbreaking event. And this is truly groundbreaking. And this it was is a very important thing that he it was in, uh, in two thousand one. The gold shovel. Yes. yes. Uh, in 2001, he held a press conference at the <laughs> National Press Club in D.C. that featured 20 retired Air Force, Federal Aviation Administration, and intelligence officers. Yeah. According to a 2002 report in the Oregon Daily Emerald, Greer had gathered 120 hours of testimony from civilians and various government and military officials, including astronaut Gordon Cooper, a brigadier general, and various others on the topic of UFOs. And it's not just the fact that this happened. The fact is... He held this press conference and very prestigious and believable and respected people came and said, yeah, we're with him. Not only that, if nothing else, he's a showman. He knows yeah. he knows how to put together an event. He, right. kn- he knows what to do. He had each of them end their statements with and everything I just said is a fact. And I will be more than happy to testify in front of Congress to the validity of right. said fact because they were testifying in front of people but it wasn't in front of you know a, they were testifying official... in front of cameras yeah, like, yeah. it wasn't an official congress thing but they're saying listen and that was really important that is like you said it's fantastic that he did that because that lens when you've got uh retired air force people federal aviation anything generals all these people going this is a fact it lends credence it, it really does now the one thing that that is true, no matter what you think about everything that happened in that press conference. The conversation around that press conference came to a standstill in September of that year. Obviously, September 11th happened, and no one cared anymore about UFOs. Right, and, right, right. Uh, and, it, and it killed it. So, so Greer went another path. He decided to become a documentarian. Yeah, that's kind of when he started going down the dark path. Because up until- that's not the... S- even in any way similar to being a Unitarian. No, no it not, is not. not quite the same. <laughs> Up to and including through 2001 and with all this stuff, I was behind him. And after that, and we're going to get into why some of the things started going down a spiral, so slowly. you know. So 2013, we're talking about, you know, documentaries. He co-produced Sirius, a documentary documenting his work and hypotheses regarding extraterrestrial life, government cover-ups, close encounters of the fifth kind. That's when you and I, we go meet an alien and... You, it's where we wait, reach what? out to reach them. out and we we talk to them and you physically interact with them. You and do, but not you like get, they took you away. We go, hey, I want to talk to you. And they go, OK. And the big differentiator being we initiated contact. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. Are you talking about Marco Rubio right now? Yes. So like you said, he came up with the encounter. And like you said, contact experiences through conscious, voluntary and proactive human initiated cooperative communication. That's the point. Voluntary, cooperative, not not they took us, not we took them. And if you watch this documentary, when they start to get into how they're going to reach out, you're thinking, okay, they got some sort of radio signal. They're they're going to send out a, a, a radio wave, something. Mm. Hell, smoke signals. No, no, they're going to do it through um, their minds. Yeah, and As you that's do. Where it I mean, starts guess what? to get weird. So you're sure it wasn't like. On The Simpsons when they're at the Air Force Base and they go, look out, he's got his probe. <laughs> it is not. It was not like that. Not and like that. They, he goes on to he goes on to talk about how how much uh, he had a near death experience when he mm-hmm. was younger and how it opened him to the natural uh, waves and forces right. in the world. The and it see. shows him doing a lot of meditation. That was, a, like, that like, was part of the that documentary Powder. 
right? Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. He'll get out. He'll get out into like the New Mexico desert and sit down with his arms crossed and start um. Guess he used um, to do that also. Um, the Heaven's Gate people, literally. <laughs> but and, no, but but he he puts us all into this movie, you know, and he talks about it as is you know it's fact and in whatever you want to do. But that, that's my point, like. You've 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 given yourself so much credence. You are the organizer of this mm. pr- national press conference with all of these really believable sources, and even even start out this documentary that same way, mm-hmm. and then then you show yourself like, you know, burning sage. Yeah, and, you've got uh, all these former government military officials, everything, and then you go into that, and then this is where I even lose them even more. So Sirius depicts this six-inch human skeleton known as the Atacama skeleton and features images and a DNA test of the skeleton. Now, if you've been following this show, you know we've talked about Greer loves to grab onto these things, you know, the star child skull, this Atacama skeleton, these things, and loves to say, well, it doesn't, it defies all known DNA and knowledge. No, no, it doesn't. You don't let other people research this independently and then when it finally comes out guess what it's absolutely normal dna when you are lying like that where do you draw the line that is the problem with so many individuals in this you cannot pick and choose what you want to be true just because the evidence isn't there well he thinks he can and the way he does is crowdfunding Sirius was crowdfunded and his follow-up documentary that actually is on Netflix right now unacknowledged which we've mentioned on this show before uh, was also crowdfunded I, I don't know how much what percentage was crowdfunded mm-hmm. but he did have a crowdfunding campaign here's the thing it, it really has awesome production value Fucking Thomas uh, Jane narrates it you know I mean there's, there's no he doesn't he narrated no, no, serious serious i'm just saying his they all have great yes 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 and i mean that's it, one of the best parts of arrested development <laughs> yes. he meets Lindsay, and he even gets this like this actor voice going like yeah. uh sounds just like that by the way but for I'm unacknowledged that he they even stepped it up even more it was higher production level yeah. and they had some really good interviews jeff and goldblum and, and uh yes narrated? yes jeff gold no but it was it was an actor no it was it was narrated Narrated by Giancarlo Esposito. If you've seen Breaking Bad or uh, Better Call Saul, he's Gus. Hey, I he mean, doesn't love a good that's Gus. A, that's yeah. a really that's a that's a decent it's size a voice name. You know, yeah, yeah, it's a voice you know. Anyway, there's problems. The fir- before, there are problems. Because I wasn't a UFO guy into this ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, and to the extent where I knew the names of everybody. When I got into when I got into all of this, I, I watched Unacknowledged first. I didn't know. Well, yeah, I didn't know anything about. That's what you do. Uh, yeah. Greer. I didn't know anything about Greer, and I got to tell you, watching it. It's very convincing. Oh, he yeah. does not go down the rabbit hole of let's use our, our spiritual mind viewing to mm-hmm. talk to aliens. It, it lays it out uh, very, very well. Like at the end of it, you're like, wow, this is this is amazing. Almost. Yeah. So he goes through two acts or three acts and lays it all out, interviews all these interesting people, even interviews Buzz Aldrin. Mm-hmm. It, it's really good stuff. And then it wraps up with this going down the rabbit hole of, you know, why all of this is happening? Because the military industrial complex runs the entire world and the aliens tried to give us free energy. If free energy happened, they would all lose their money. So Nikola Tesla was an alien? If you take that at face value, it makes sense. I mean, you know, money moves around. What happened to nice Tesla? Nice words, I mean, no, I'm being serious. Like, sense? Money? A, if you want to believe these things... If you are inclined, that is absolutely 
a believable thing. I agree. But the problem there with are the, a lot of problems. Though. The problem with the way they did the documentary is every other aspect of the documentary is point proof. Yep. Point proof. They'll show a video. They'll show a redacted document from the government. And then all of a sudden they get to free energy and they're like, well, Nikola Tesla already came up with this. What do you mean they, he already came up with this? There's no fact. There's no proof. There's no writing. There's well, they no, took it. Remember? They, uh, took, they the took I know. But it, <laughs> the, I'm saying the you documentary. read his autobiography? The documentary launches completely into supposition. Well, and if you're trying to make a point, stop. Don't, don't take it all the way there. And that's the point I'm trying to make is that Greer is his own worst enemy. There's a lot of things that, that have been called into to question about this. Witnesses credibility. A lot of people look at him long before the documentary ever come out. When he puts them on the stand long there, before the doctor, <laughs> when he puts them on the stand there, it looks great. But then when you really dive into it, it's almost like when you're watching an episode of Ancient Aliens and you go, well, that can be easily, you know, put to rest because of this and that. Greer is proving it after a while to have the same five or six guys in his back pocket for every documentary he makes, for every uh, press junket he has, and they for every out- guy. TV show that Correct. you're going to watch. Captain Planet. And when you watch them, Joe's just like the color commentary guy on this one. He just throws. <laughs> yep. Like, ra- random reference. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Call me um, Brockmeyer. <laughs> yeah. When you break these people down, they don't, they don't pass the smell test. And a lot of the things that they said, and like I've said before too, with looking at these, like with the, the skulls and the, the, the bodies that he's come forward. There is no medical DNA or anything proof that any of it's true, yet he doubles down and he just destroys his credibility. And he's become kind of like a, a, a joke. Well, and that's the problem, because if you took, I don't know, a third to two thirds of his work and took it standalone it, and you just were watch it and mm-hmm. not know anything else, it's very believable, but very well done. But he can't help himself. So what you're saying is 75% of it can be explained, but 25% of it <laughs> cannot. Can't. He, he literally can't help himself. The other thing he's really good at is coming across as no ego. I just want the facts. When you can tell by the breadth of his work and how much he's in his own stuff that he's got a huge ego and it's right. all about him. So back to your point earlier, John, when you were talking about the ancient aliens piece of it, but also just generally his documentaries, you're saying like he he takes certain things that there's some sort of evidence of to say like let's extrapolate this into the unknown and then applies that to like where there's just utter mystery but acts as though that's somehow exactly. he's yeah. he's like he's figured out these mysteries. If I show even you points no... one through four, when I bring up five, if I just skip over the point, you might not uh, notice. And the problem is he surrounds himself by yes men, and a lot of yes men watch these things without really diving into them. The Red Scare was real, therefore Vietnam was a problem, therefore it was controlled by China, therefore Australia doesn't exist. Wait, what? Wait, what was that? What was that last one? Wait a minute, and that's dude. and that those are the kind of leaps that yeah. he makes. Uh, and it's like, okay, I'm following, I'm tracking, I'm tracking, I'm tracking. I might not believe everything, but I'm tracking. And then you go there. So this has been the leaps that he's made. We're gonna run a break real quick, and when we come back, we're gonna talk another gentleman who's taken some leaps of his own, Mister Sam Thomas J. Fitzgerald DeLong the Fourth. You might not find that online. I did a lot of research to find. You sure it. it's not Sam Beckett and, mm-hmm. and Ziggy? I'm pretty sure. Making an owl. When we come back leaps. with more hysteria. Fifty one. I mean, those are the best. Leaps. It's true. Quantum. Yeah. Absolutely. If you will. So which one will take? <laughs> 
Bonsoir, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I, that, I I just thought romance languages was yeah. the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone, and we actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it. So it's very high on pronunciation too. So (laughs) you can, you know, learn how to speak. And you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. (laughs) In that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's, they design it for long-term retention, you know, and uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you, you say it until you do. And then, you know, that, that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why, you know, this has been trusted by experts for 30 years and, there's over 25 different languages that you can learn and people, millions and millions of users use it because like you said, it does seep in and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition and mm-hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built-in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value and you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused. Or really cool. <laughs> I have to go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use, and we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long term, and uh, it's something that uh, it works, you know. And we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this, and this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now, right now. Get now. started. For Larry, limited time, his Air 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. How much? 50%. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. Wow. Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rachete, you're oh. 50% off. <laughs> Rachete. <laughs> redeem it. 50% off rosettastone.com slash today. Do it today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to him, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash 
Hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I was, writing a song. I was writing a song for Blink-183 when they come back. Oh. <laughs> the long list. Oh. oh that, to I'm the se- Stars Academy. I am seeing, I've seen Blink-182 before, but yeah. I'm seeing them mi- minus DeLong this September yeah. at Riot Fest. Nice, nice. As well as Jerry Lee Lewis. That's we're, true. We're talking Tom DeLong. We all know Tom from Blink-182, but now he's a major player in the ufology world. You know? Well, not just now. Uh, he Blink One Eighty Two had at least one song. It was called "Aliens Exist." Oh uh, yeah! What's uh, uh, one of the quotes in it is, "We all know conspiracies are dumb, mm-hmm. and what if people knew they were real?" Right. Uh, it even ends, I think, with something about, "I'm going to get these majestic truths," yeah. or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, well, they but, had a bunch of hits. No, you know? oh man! If, if, if all of you, are, I'm sure, familiar with Blink One Eighty Two, all the small things, uh, rock show. Damn it. Anthem Part 2. <laughs> Reckless Abandon. Do you like my stupid hair? My favorite. Could you guess I didn't know what to wear? Remember, miss you? Where are you? And I'm so sorry. Yeah. Here's the answer to your question. I cannot sleep. You, I cannot dream tonight. You asked, remember, all their songs are the same. So if we heard <laughs> one, we remember all of them. <laughs> It's not exactly fair, mm, but uh, they definitely fair. have that that pop punk yeah. uh, sound. Yeah, oh, pretty fair. That uh, that 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 emanates through most. You know, of the music. go ahead and fill in the words, whatever words you wish. Bump 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 bump. It doesn't matter what the words are. That's all their songs. So speaking of Tom DeLonge, though, he started reading UFO books and information at a young age, and he started mm. touring with Blink One Eight Two. Guess what? More reading. And a lot of this, by the way, a lot of this comes from his own mouth. Yeah. When Joe Rogan interviewed him. Absolutely. If you haven't listened to that interview on the Joe Rogan podcast, you should. And then go listen to Joe's follow-up. Where he's like, well, I'll tell you that later. (laughs) Side note, Joe Rogan. At Joe Rogan, we uh, assume you're now going to drop a Hysteria 51 It only makes sense. He'll interview us, too. Eventually, he decides to leave the band and pursue UFO disclosure solely. Yeah, he's and, done with Blink-182. So we talked about, you know, go watch, you know, when he came out in force, he went on Joe Rogan. But long story short, he gets a call from a dubious, deep throat-like figure telling him to meet him by the Pentagon. That's how this whole web that we're, we're weaving you through now. is the easiest way to meet somebody. Hey, was, you know the world, one of the world's largest buildings? Meet, meet me by it. Where? Well, also, we'll know. It's also like... <laughs> Hey, you're one of the most recognizable musicians in the world. I think you're pretty cool. <laughs> I got some information for you. Let's meet. Right? Like, I, I frankly, I don't know why the three of us aren't using this to meet all of our favorite but, celebrities. Well, I tell you what, he, he goes, and after that, he winds up having a bunch of high-level, quote-unquote, meetings around D.C. And he even says he has a two-hour meeting at NASA's Ames Research Center. And at one point, he's in an airport restaurant with another 
cloak and dagger type character. And was the person, it Chili's too? It was. Yes. And the course. person kicks off the meeting with, it was the Cold War and we found a life form. What you, what, what's not mentioned in that little piece of backstory was that is they that had they, endless chips and chi- salsa. And, and queso. <laughs> yeah. So this guy, for real though, this guy asked Tom what he needs to start spreading the good word and he says he needs advisors. Okay. Great. DeLong has a bunch of supposed meetings. Yeah, I did too. Had lunch with IBM's Watson last Thursday. <laughs> not, <laughs> not so fast, Seabot. While those all do sound a little off, this is something worth mentioning. He also claims that he was chatting with John Podesta and other high-ranking government officials. Yeah, right. Over Never pizza. happened. No, no one believes him over pizza. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, guess and what? then WikiLeaks happened, yep. and all these emails are out there. And not only did the emails in the release show that high-level conversations between DeLong and Podesta were real, other WikiLeaks documents also proved that he had conversations with Major General William McCasland. If you don't know who yeah. McCasland is, he's the commander of the Air Force Research we're Laboratory. Where at? Where at? at? At everyone's favorite, Wright-Patterson yeah! Air Force Base. Yeah. McCaslin is responsible for managing the Air Force $2.2 billion science and technology program and, as one would assume, is in a position of direct access to highly classified technologies. And so what meeting with Blink-182? The, the moment that you think that this all sounds stupid, like, oh, yeah, you met somebody by the Pentagon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then they go, you, oh, you, and P.S., it absolutely happened. You go, crap. Wait, wait, wait a second. Yeah. Uh, we can't prove all of these, but we can prove enough of them. But you know what I can't prove is a question. Why are these people telling Tom DeLong all this stuff? That's the smoking gun. Here. <laughs> well, that's, that's the question is what proportion of the meetings between the Air Force and Tom DeLong where what was the proportion of Tom DeLong meetings to Nelly meetings talking about Air Force Ones. <laughs> well, Nelly was easier to get a hold of. He's in jail. But here, here's the thing. Is he? In, I think he's in jail. I don't know, but he's got a sweet song about well, the Air Force. Hold on, though. He, <laughs> DeLong says they came to him because he provides a service for them, and it's communication. But and oh. so, so that's he gets stuck on this. Uh, he he goes on and on and on about how. All the, the small United, things. The, about all the small things. The United <laughs> States government, the United States military literally have no way to communicate the things they want to communicate right. with the American people. Like, haven't you ever heard of a little thing called propaganda? Right. What are you talking about? But, they but, can't make movies, TV shows, books, ways to close to the no, public. They've never, they've never done that. Yeah, they, They've they, never they, heard of the printing press nor the television. But he, as a former mm-hmm. pop punk uh, uh ingenue and millennial can, most and, likely i don't know can absolutely get everyone's attention and and spread all of these things yeah so he's got his his secret machine series that he has so that so he wrote a book he wrote a series of books called yeah. Secret, and they are fiction and i actually read the first one it's, yeah. it's technically not the first in the series but it's the main one but here's the thing is it touches on everything much like this show. <laughs> Much like John Goforth. So, he touches everything. Give us a rundown. He's touching Brent right now. A big thing, a big thing that DeLong <laughs> believes in is conditioning the, the public for eventual disclosure. And he right. says the way in which they'll do it is through pop culture. And the first, first pop culture piece is this book, Secret Machine. Yeah. So in the book, they talk about Foo Fighters, not the band, the actual, uh, or supposed or alleged aircraft that World War II pilots saw. The Nazi Bell, and we are experts on this show of, on uh, the Nazi Bell. Does every, everyone, uh, listeners know that, right? Oh, like, absolutely. Well, they do. Guys they are actually, 
publicly cited experts yeah, and a, about more the than Nazi a few places. Not me, you two. Uh, they also talked about cigar-shaped UFOs, Area 51, and how the U.S. made the UFOs right. that are there. Operation Paperclip. Uh, oh, out-of-this-world material from a crash in the 40s. Oh, that if we, you, I think I talked about that last, last episode. Yeah. Yeah. If you crumple it up, it flattens mm. out. Uh, the, the U.S. having alien technology, and even Nazis that were once thought dead being alive in Argentina. They literally hit it all. And when asked by the LA Weekly uh, why secret machines would be different from other works of ufology, DeLong said, quote, there won't be any disinformation in my project <laughs> because he's, quote, talking to very high level you people. Simple minded prick. Very when, we, high level. when we go further and we get out of Tom DeLong, you're going to find out how stupid that statement really is. I'm sorry. I got to say that. <laughs> this all has led to the creation of the To the Stars Academy, a for profit organization that's going to make movies and books and TV shows. And for a fee, you can be a part of it. And they're going to teach you about things that they haven't really told us yet. But for a small fee, you can be notified. You can buy Monday. stock in it. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's $5 a share, but you Which have a minimum showed, spend of $200. And they showed that to like Wall Street people, and they're like, oh, God. They were like laughing at it. You know, As of March earlier this year, as of March of 2018, they had raised over $2 million. Yep. Uh, uh, by the way, I'm pretty sure the reason why Wall Street people were laughing at it was because it's like – why didn't you declare this a not-for-profit and just siphon off yeah, all of yeah, the money yeah. to yeah. yourselves? You idiots. As the guys who get paid, like Troy Aikman's charity in the 90s, where his mom was taking in a $700,000 a year salary. Yeah. No funds were being conferred. They weren't, uh, they weren't laughing at the UFOs. They were laughing at his use of the tax code. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> you fool. DeLong says, though, that he believes that To the Stars will help normalize or condition us for disclosure. That's the point that he's trying to make here. So first, uh, first, it's through all of the pop culture they're going to release, all these big Hollywood movies, the books like Secret Machines, etc. But then they're also going to start disclosing uh, real videos of right. UFOs and other uh, discoveries made. They are going to be a channel through which we will learn all of this stuff. Stuff, supposedly, that came from aliens. And not only stuff from aliens, it doesn't stop with the interesting parts. Some other interesting people is the board members themselves. It's, it's, it's crazy. Dr. Hal Putoff, vice president of science and technology forum. Guess what? Creative remote viewing. Oh, yeah. And he's a big name in the ufology world yeah. and the weird world. Steve Justice, not a crime fighter, but he's the <laughs> aerospace division director. And he was program director for advanced systems from Lockheed Martin Advanced Development. Skunk Works. So there's another buzzword for it, you. It's crazy that literally the guy that ran Skunk Works is on the board for this company. Right. Jim Simovan, vice president of operations, senior intelligence service member at the CIA. Then Luis Elizondo. If you don't know his name, you've seen him direct director of global security and special programs. The Pentagon guy that's been on all the shows going, yep, the, that F-18 Flying after that alien spacecraft or that UFO, whatever it was, that's the guy. Goatee, facial hair, he you was, know, kind of a smooth talker. When you, when we've talked about it on the show before, but last year when it became public news that there was a Pentagon program that appropriated something like $22 million a year to go in search of UFOs, it was called ATIP, A-A-T-I-P, mm -hmm. the Advanced Aeronautical Threat Identification Program. He, he quit and it turns out he was in charge of that whole 
thing. And he is also on this board. He says he quit because uh, they weren't taking it seriously and they should have. Yeah, And we got a little bit of a special treat coming up later this episode. One of his former co-workers who worked directly with him is on the show. Yeah. So all the members of the board, this is just like what we were talking about before where the people DeLong had talked to. Like, just when you're ready to Oh yeah, to the Stars Academy for profit, you idiot! Yeah, you're just yeah, your 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 profit on your book. That's what. You, but wait a second, you see these the people. formal guy, the guy who was in charge of Skunk Works, Luis Elizondo. These are real people. Yeah, and he's got some claims. He's, Delong makes some some claims. Oh, he's got some claims. He believes right. that disclosure will happen soon. He believes there's a control system in place that is pushing humanity in a specific direction, their direction. An important thing to note here is how he believes that government's lack of disclosure is actually for our benefit. Not not anything that's going to hurt us. It's for us. No arterial motives here. When you find out, this is a quote, when you find out why they've kept it secret, you'll be glad they did everything they did hell of a statement thank you government sir may i have another right he believes extraterrestrials have time travel technology which is artificial oh, he tells this bubbles whole, of gravity he tells this whole story right? on rogan and freezes time somehow there's a red shift everything looks black and white and then humans have reverse engineering this tech for years we've been working with so you're sitting in t- inside of a time bubble and he literally describes it this way. And you go to another time and you see someone holding a Coke. Well, you could reach outside of the time bu- bubble, grab their Coke, and put it in someone else's hand. Uh, well, yeah, but the black and white thing does make perfect sense. It's why all photography and film were black and white up until the 40s. That was the whole world. uh, Yeah, history is in black and white. I I I believe we all learned that from Calvin and Hobbes. Most of the things that have happened in this world are because of the red shift. (laughs) (laughs) At least on this show. But the, the, the funny thing is, like he's giving this example... If we're going to engage in time travel, even a 10-year-old goes, well, maybe we'll go hit, kill Hitler. Nope. He's talking about playing practical jokes with Coca-Cola products. Well, yeah, because <laughs> we saw the film. You can't just go back and kill Hitler unless you have Thor and a t- T-Rex. That's <laughs> yeah, that's true. true. That's that a is valid true. point. That is true. If you don't know what we're talking about, Kung Fury. Go, go check <laughs> a it out. wonderful documentary. I, I mean, I didn't want to but turn his- this show into an endless plug. but there <laughs> he, does, he doesn't stop there. <laughs> He believes the 1947 Roswell crash, the vehicle was German designed out of Argentina. It was a BMW. Just from German, German spacecraft from Argentina. Yeah. Project Paperclip was about more than what we know. Duh. Not just rockets. Yeah. Now, not you, just holding it's not just multiple trying to get, sheets of paper together. It's not just trying to get the, the, all the scientists that we want. There's a lot more to it. He believes the Apollo missions to the moon were real. We really went there. Yeah. However, however there's transformers. A, there's a big however. John, what is it? Disinformation about the moon landing being faked was propagated by the same control forces mentioned before. So in mm-hmm. other words, when you hear the moon landing was faked, that was literally disinformation by the government trying to throw us off but, the scent. But why? Why Why does he say that? Well, that's an, there's an easy answer to that, Brent. I wish you'd pay attention. Because we wanted to avoid the real question of what we really found at the moon. It's it's crazy because, like you said, every time he leads astray and you think, this is crazy, they dangle these little carrots and you go, wow, there's really sheds of truth to this. And my problem, my problem with the whole Tom DeLong thing is I believe he is his own yes man. I believe Tom DeLong believes, I truly do, 100% with the things that he is saying. And I believe, in my heart of hearts, 
that the government that you and I know love to exploit people in places of power. And guess what? He is in a place of power. Popularity is a hell of a drug. And we're going to find out Tom DeLonge might not be the first Tom DeLonge. No, he might not. And and in fact, could it be possible that he and Dr. Stephen Greer are actually on two different sides of the same coin? Yeah. And they're both being used for different purposes to the same end. And that coin is disinformation. Right. We're going to get into it next after the break on Hysteria 51. <laughs> Damn it, I messed it up again. That's what happens when you sing on this show. <laughs> you should let me do the That's singing. That's true. All you know, the small things. You know, we, we've been talking about a lot of the small things, but uh, Tom DeLonge isn't the first person in the UFO world to come forward with claims of insider information from the government. I mean, a, a long shot. And hell, he isn't the first revered person in the UFO world either. I smell deja vu. A lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people feel that way. Not surprisingly. Enter a cat called Bill Moore. Now, if you're into ufology and you've been into it for a long time, you've probably know Bill Moore. We've talked about him on this show. If you're not, you might not have because in a far off land called 1989, he kind of went away. <laughs> but there's a, there's a reason for in that. In a puff of smoke. Yeah. So he's an author, former UFO researcher, prominent in the, the 70s and 80s. He co-authored two books with Charles Burlitz, including The Roswell Incident, which is a very big book if you're into, into that. And well-respected in the field up until the incident, as we put it. He was interested in UFOs since he was a teenager. He became Arizona State Section Director of MUFON, which we know how we love MUFON, and he left teaching to pursue a career as a freelance writer and to study UFOs. And he also wrote another episode that we talked about, a book on the Philadelphia Experiment, Project Invisibility. Oh, let's let's hear a little bit from that. Now this is a story all about how some sailors got flipped, turned upside down. It's a story of how time and space got bent. I present the Philadelphia Experiment. <laughs> uh, so, some, some of my finest writing. Yeah, you know, the, the USS Eldridge, 1943, you know, and, and getting fused to the ship, making visible time travel, all that. Well, 1943 for a while. Right. And right. then whatever time yeah. they traveled to. And, and then in, in 80, like I said, he wrote the Roswell Incident. But in May of 87... Moore, along with ufologist Jamie Shandera and the now retired Stanton Freeman, uh, circulated the majestic 12 documents. Man, we're just firing all cylinders. Oh, my God. You it, know, it, it, uh, after after the film was left in a manila envelope right. in Shandera's uh, mailbox yeah, or, or mail do. door. Yeah. Uh, uh, and they, they, they said there was existence of high level policy making group overseeing UFOs and extraterrestrials. And it's always interesting when these guys are surrounding like every story. And Bill Moore is coming up with these things and coming up with these things, these things. And then we skip to 1989 and Bill Moore. Who framed the, Roger Rabbit came that out true. that year. He's kind of the UFO poster child. And he goes to a MUFON conference and he's on stage. He claims that he'd engaged in disinformation activities against this guy named Paul Benowitz on behalf of the Air Force Office of Special Investigations. He says that's the AFOSI for short. That's right. It all big name in the field, all of it gets thrown out. And he says, listen, people, I took this information because the U.S. government came to me and goes, 
we want you to spread lies, but then we're going to give you the real truth. We want you to spread lies, but we'll give you truths in return. Yeah, and he got so tired of it, and he felt like he was doing wrong, that he gets up there and just throws out everything he'd ever said. You cannot believe anything he said, because he said, I have been fed. An agent of disinformation. bullshit and feeding bullshit. So guess what? He goes bye bye. Yeah, the the, uh, the the ufology world is no longer in love with Bill Moore. But there's a reason that he was fed these things. The government wanted to feed this disinformation, and they had a player in the game who who was their their pawn that they well he I guess they made these men into pawn. Who was their he bishop? was a he was a user oh, and used. His name is Richard Doty. Ah oh, man, yeah, Richard Doty. If you haven't seen the documentary Mirage Man, it came out in 2013. It's an Excellent, excellent story of Richard Doty. Some call this guy the real men in black, and that is a pretty accurate term, but less uh, your mom's red lipstick and fake face and more, uh, hey, I'm your buddy, I'm your pal, I'm from the government. And the thing is, we could we could do an entire episode, and maybe one day we will, on Doty, because he is all over the I map. I think it warrants it, yeah. Yeah, m- kind of like Bill Moore, associated with many different stories, but the, the story that's worth bringing up today, because it, as it relates to the government government disclosure or lack thereof uh, uh, involves uh, another guy Brent just mentioned Paul Benowitz and just, just real quick backstory in Richard Doty you're, you're saying well how do we know that he was with the government well he was a retired special agent who worked with the AFOSI the United States Air Force Office of Special Investigations he said he was there's no mistake he really did work within the United States Air Force as uh, in intelligence right now, Paul Benowitz, well, what happened to good old Paul Benowitz? Well, he got driven insane. And you think, well, why does that matter? Well, it matters because he was a brilliant man and doing what he thought was right for his country. John, what was that about? So he he's a World War II vet. He's an electronics expert. He owns his own business. He's also a big-time UFO nut, and he flies around the area yep. in which he lives in Albuquerque, taking pictures of things and turning them over to the government to let him know where the UFOs are. Yeah, so in short, Benowitz began a descent into a delusional psychosis from which he never recovered. He believed aliens living inside a nearby Mesa were beaming signals into his brain, and he abandoned work and family to dedicate himself to investigating the case and to defend Earth. Against this said invasion, he flew his plane like he said over the Mesa, took photographs, hiked, camped, and he shared all of his findings with officials at Kirkland Air Force Base and Richard Doty. And the problem came in when he took pictures of an actually downed aircraft. A secret aircraft. And so when he sent those pictures, the powers that be go, "Uh uh-oh, that's not good. Uh, We need to do something about this. And they said, so what's this guy into? Aliens. Okay, well, let's create aliens for mm. him. And so they had Doty go back to him and say, guess what, Paul? You were right. Uh, aliens have been here, and they actually went to the crash site and built up some extra stuff to make it look like a bigger crash site. An and they alien fed, crash site. And they fed into his paranoia, and it eventually, as you said, Brent, drove him insane. What are some of the things they did to drive him insane? He was gathering information, you know, and he, he had intricate systems of you know ways to gather information because he worked in electronics and so they're like all right we can play with this so they start planning evidence they go in they steal his computers and make copies of them the nsa buys the house across the street starts filming him to which he realizes he's being under under surveillance and richard doty's like oh yeah that's them that's the uh that's the aliens they're they're watching you 
the whole time he's handing over all this information to Richard Doty and, and Doty is saying, man, you like, I, I, this is, you're doing great work. You're doing great work, but don't stop because the aliens, they're going to, they're going to come for you. Like we said, he talked about the plane crashes. You're a patriot. Exactly. He goes so crazy because they're telling him all these quote unquote truths that he loses his mind, loses his life, goes crazy. And, and Richard Doty goes, all right, next. And he spends he spends the rest of his life in and out of ins- insane asylums. And it's a very sad story for what they did to Paul Benowitz. And the reason that we bring it up on this episode is there this is official proof that the government at one point or another has taken deliberate and decisive action to keep information from the general public and they were willing to go as far as they needed to and they went to a person who was willing to believe and said listen you're a patriot you're doing this for your country we're going to give you special information that no one else knows to which he a very bright very smart very educated man said okay and he believed it hook, line, and sinker. And it's also this is also proof that the government will drum up and cook up extraterrestrial and UFO evidence to cover up much more mundane explanations for the things that we see. Oh in crap! The, you saw a down drone? No, that you was old. An, that was old. Glaxon. The, yeah. <laughs> Him and Valiant Thor went for a cruise. They got a little tipsy on some. I don't know. Vandarian mead. I made that up. That's a good one. That's very good. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so the question then becomes if they did this before, would they do it again? And, and that's how it ties all in. When, when Tom DeLong has meetings with government officials, when Dr. Stephen Greer gets former military members to come and talk about the things they've seen, mm-hmm. are, are, do we take these things at face value? Or do we look at them through a, a, yeah. another colored glass and say they did this with Paul Benowitz? Is Could it they Thomas be... DeLong Benowitz? Exactly. You know, is it the same thing? And you want to believe that? It's like Joe Rogan said: Tom DeLong's fucking batshit crazy, but he believes it. Right. Right. He believes what he's saying, and it's fucking. He said stupid. he's he's either he's either deceptive or delusional. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he believes that he's probably. And he's leaning towards delusional. Yes. Yeah. 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 Brent, that begs the question, when it comes to disclosure, what are the reasons that they would not disclose to us? Well, I mean, national security, you've got DeLong himself saying, well, hey, listen, they're doing this for you and it's above your pay grade. Everyone, you know, you. but once it comes out, you'll understand. Now, that national security goes a lot of ways. Is it national security because of religious, you know, upheaval? Is it national security because people will just revolt because they they don't want to see these aliens or might see these aliens as overlords? Is it just... Is it is it just is because it, they is, don't think we're ready or or is it simply there's nothing extraterrestrial to talk about. Everything else is is just military equipment. Paul Benowitz, and, look at that. Like, oh, well, he's finding these things. So we're not going to come out and say, you know, in the 50s or 60s or whatever it was, we've got the SR-71 Blackbird. Right. We're not going to come out and tell it. We're not going to give away our advantage. Therefore, uh, we're not going to disclose anything. Right. It falls into you get national panic through different things. Also, financial meltdown. When these things come out, you want to see another something uh, fall into a free form or a free fall. Look at what it's going to do to stock markets. And that's just if it's saying there's aliens. Think of if what Stephen Greer comes out with saying there's free energy. Right. All of a sudden, 
every commodity has to meet, be repriced or non-priced at all. People aren't per, aren't purchasing mm-hmm. gas, coal. You know, uh, I just installed a Tesla coil out back, so I'm I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> uh, that that was one of the things that Stephen Greer had on his documentary. Well, well, Tesla came up with free energy in the early 1900s. Right. right. We all we all know that. We all know that. And you're right. Uh, you mentioned national panic. If they did disclose and it did involve extraterrestrials, one of the reasons not to disclose could simply be uh, there will be rioting in the streets. People are, you know, freaking out, which is why Tom DeLonge says he's doing what he's doing with uh, the movies and the books and so on and so forth. Dripping it, drip dry. Condition us. Feed us a little bit of time. When they finally come out and say, yeah, they're real, we go, "Ah." baby birds. (laughs) We go, no big deal. That's fine. Uh, And then, you know, last but not least, a reason, not I shouldn't say last, but another reason that they might not disclose is because it ties back to nuclear facilities. You always see um, the aliens around the nukes. They always see them around the nukes. Right. Know? And and so not all of our nuclear facilities. Ugly are... glop. They they harness the atom. We better go. We, yeah. Go do a flyby. Negative ghost right of the pattern is full. <laughs> right. And and so we there's obviously a lot of secrecy around our nuclear facilities. But what's some reasons for disclosure? Why should they tell us? Well, there could be an event coming of some type where uh, that we have no control over. So you might as well get the public ready now. It's like in the movie, Paul. They're just they're feeding us a little bit of time. So when it comes true, we know. But there's going to be a big event that we can't handle without prior knowledge. And because these events are happening, they can't hide it anyway, because as time goes on, we got camera phones, we got smartphones, we got traffic cameras. Like, it's going to get leaked. Yeah, That's another great point. Mm-hmm. So why not disclose it now? Because eventually we're going to figure it out anyway. And an- another reason is... It could benefit mankind in general. So going on the flip side of the financial meltdown, mm-hmm. if there is free energy just sitting there, it's being the, 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 how we come up with free energy, the scientific know-how to mm-hmm. produce free energy. If, if Glaxon is sitting there with it, it could, it could save humanity. Right, right. And it also could be a warning for humanity if, Glaxon's coming to to start a ruckus. Yeah, you know if he's yeah. gonna get a uppity, maybe we need to know. Right, and if they have so free Bill energy, Pullman, so Bill Pullman and Will right. Smith can save us. And if they have free energy, they need to let us know. Was that Come Bill on. Pullman or Bill Paxton? I was Bill, Bill Pullman. It was Bill. Uh, yeah, had it right the first. Ah oh, man, it, it, that's our reasonings. But we're not the only people that we've talked to about disclosure. We have we've went to a few guests outside we went of the show. outside of Joe Pack. Right, right, and we said to them, hey. What do you guys think? So we got these upcoming clips letting you know what some others in the field think about disclosure. Let's kick it to probably the best interviewer that I know, John Goforth. Now, on Hysteria 51, more clueless, ill-informed opinion. Where do they come from? I don't know. They come from another world. It's our special guests. Thanks, John. John here. Uh, <laughs> we are talking with Jeff Adamek. Now, Jeff, before we get into uh, why specifically we're here to talk today, why don't you tell the kind folks at home who might not know who you are um, a little bit of your yeah, background? Give, give us your elevator speech, your pitch. Uh, Resume. Uh, it's, it's, it's saddening or, or angering, uh, angrifying to us to hear what you've done because I'm, you know, I'm sitting in my attic in my underwear. Uh, John, John doesn't judge me, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, you've been a little busier in your adult life than we have. So, yeah, give us a little rundown. Oh, well, first of all, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, my name is Jeff Adamick. I spent uh, 18 years in the United States Army as first an air, 
paratrooper, airborne ranger, and then I moved on to be a Green Beret in 3rd Special Forces Group. <laughs> Fuck. You're lazy. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, after 18 years, I, I, I had six tours in combat. Um, had some some kind of good decorations. Got to do a lot of cool stuff, a lot of special operations missions. Uh, in 2009, I got injured uh, during a combat mission. Uh, had to get out, medically retired because of my back. And uh, because of my traumatic brain injury that I have recovered from, so I'm not going to start drooling on you guys. Uh, then I went on to work with uh, some contract work, worked with the Department of Homeland Security for for a while, and then eventually just wanted to move away from working with the government. Uh, went to school to become an IT guy and started doing public talk speeches and you know motivational speeches to people about you know getting on with their lives and everything. And then somebody got me on a podcast once, and that you know right. dwelled into me starting my own podcast. And now I work in the IT industry and I host my own podcast called Changing Hearts and Minds uh, that I'm sure a lot of people out there who are probably listening to you guys now have either heard of me through Sofa King or or through Sam Culper or are now learning about me, about me from you guys. So that, that's me in a nutshell. You're very active on our on our Hysteria Nation group too. You're in there a lot. So yeah, absolutely. And so um and just to give it a little bit more color, you 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 were way too humble there. A few decorations uh, what were those decorations, Jeff? I have a, a silver star, four bronze stars, purple heart, and a uh, army commendation medal for valor. And that, that those are my combat awards. But um, th- there's guys, the guys that I was with, the, there's guys out there that have gotten a lot more than what I. I was just lucky to be in the right place at the right time with the right heroes and uh, survived it to be able to be the one to collect those awards. And so. I hear you. I played World of Warcraft for like five years, so yeah. I get that. Yeah, whole, it's, it's, you know. <laughs> I, I, That's probably I'll tell you, you're probably like, have, kill him. Kill him now. What I have done is nothing in comparison to some of the heroes on Fortnite. I will tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> so we wanted to have you on well, because, and- you know, this is a big thing. Like, you – it's easy for people, these armchair people like us that, you know, we research the stuff and, and you've kind of lived through a lot of this. And we – we reached out to you and said, "Hey, let's talk disclosure." And you're like, "Absolutely." So, what's your unique past experience uh, given you in that field that we haven't been able to see ourselves that you can share with us? Yeah, spe- specifically about UFO disclosure. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, I can I can use an example um, of other missions. So, we have the, the the government as a, as a whole has to protect the the citizens of the United States, you know, in in, in essence from from information that that could be detrimental obviously to to civilization if if you will uh if you think about it in terms of uh religion has been around for a very very long time and uh in some religions yeah. (laughs) yeah religion doesn't really leave much much room for anything besides you know god created the earth in seven days blah 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 so if you throw out there the fact that there is there is life on other planets uh or that we're being visited by ufo or something extraterrestrial that that is that powerful and that and that and that technologically advanced just think about the the expected religious breakdown of civilized society as a whole uh you would have uh, if anyone's ever seen the show the leftovers think about how how that show what happens to to, to civilization in that so the the government in in that aspect has to be the the people who who take a look at the things and say is this in the best interest of of civilization and and humanity for us to have this information going on on top of the fact that if they do hide anything or, or classify anything and then later on come out and say, yes, well, we've known about this, where do they stand in the, in, as leaders of, of, of civilization and, and culture when, they, when everyone's like, well, you've been lying to us all this time? And not, not that the government's never lied to anybody. For God's sakes, that would be a, a horrible revelation. But it, it's, it's more so to protect, the, the, I guess, the foundations of our civilization and, and how, things, uh, how things would be taken by – 
by a very extreme, not even just extremists, but a general person who goes to church every Sunday who doesn't have any thought process in their head of life on other planets. It would be very, very hurt by and distraught by that kind of information. What you're saying is kind of very foreboding, as in like, hey, we're doing this for you. I mean, is there anything that you can talk specifically about? Uh, specifically, I, I could say that – well, let, let me put it this way <laughs> without, without getting too much into it. If, if you look at the grand, the grand measure of human history as a whole, our technological advances in the last 70 years are far beyond – and I'm talking about thousandfold more than the entire span of, of human history. Right. When, when, when you consider the human history, we have not changed our intellectual capability in over, in over 20,000 years. So the same 20,000 years ago, the same human beings that were alive back then had the same same capacity for learning and, and creating as we do now. You look at Leonardo da Vinci and how smart he was. He's probably smarter than most people are nowadays, even with education. So where does that come from? Why, why do we have technology boom so much so fast in the last seven like years? Someone uh, gave you a little uh, leg up or a boost and said, here, here's a here's a cheat sheet, huh? Yeah, yeah, or 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 perhaps maybe you maybe somebody maybe somebody you know made a wrong turn on Venus and then you know it, had a, it, a fender bender on fender bender in Nevada somewhere. You know what I mean? Something like that. Yeah. A fender those, bender. Those Venusians are very handsome, I hear. So yeah. <laughs> yeah yes. So uh, <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit um, real quickly about UFOs in general. UFOs being okay. unidentified flying objects, whether they do or don't have anything to do with extraterrestrials. What uh, in your pat in your experience in your time in the military that that you can or are uh, comfortable talking about? Um, have you seen that uh, explains whether it, whether it's from something from this world or another? Is there anything that you've seen that you can uh, that you can chat with us about there? Sure, sure, absolutely. Uh, so there were, there was a moment in my in my career where I was sent to a specific. Uh, place out in the desert United States desert area to work and train at and while I was there and you have to understand that the group of people that was there doing the work that I was doing with are all in the same field the career field as I am same level of security clearance not not quite majestic level uh but 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 you know top secret (laughs) Um, but I mean who is nobody is nobody is so we're we're in this location doing this training, and there are what appear to be civilian contractors. Now, would this be on a, AT- uh, would this be a location that kind of rhymes with with our our show name, or can I say that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I I would say that you can go there, and there'd be lots of dreaming going on, and and you know, and <laughs> a lot I was of looking grooming. For the, I was like, there's a lot the of bride. dogs there. Groom, they groom a lot of things, right? Yeah, they groomed a lot of things. There. I was looking for the bride pond, but I didn't <laughs> find it. I found the other thing. If if so. Yeah. so mm-hmm. We're, we're, we are there and we are being – we're training openly with some very high-tech and, and experimental equipment. But we are being overwatched and guarded by these guys on ATVs with MP5s everywhere we went. And we had been training with – and I'll just be honest with you. We were training with, the, with like small small UAVs, you know, you know man-portable man UAVs that we were training with to, to be able to, to fly them. Kind of like you know, a remote control ones that are, that are not necessarily like predator size but smaller. Mm-hmm. And – one of them gets a little off track and, and loses connection and goes down over this small little mountain on the other side of the mountain. And we've been given like carte blanche to go around and grab our equipment when we needed to. So me and one of the other guys jump inside of a truck and we go driving up this road and we come across the other side of the road and see a giant airfield on the other side of this thing with, with quite a bit of 
Um, I'll just put it to you this way. There was quite a bit of unconventional looking aircraft um, <laughs> lined up on this thing. And immediately were rolled up on by the guys in the ATVs who were freaking out that we had gone off on our own in this direction because they were not paying attention for a small piece of, and they, you know, immediately afterwards we had gotten a talking to by the, by the base commander and, uh, signed, uh, some paperwork saying that we wouldn't disclose in full, uh, some of the stuff we saw and that, but you know, as it, as it is with most stuff, as long as we're vague and, uh, non, you know, non descript, mm-hmm. I could be here telling you that I, that I've seen some things in this location, uh, that were being tested and worked on that defy all logic, if, if you will. Well, here, we'll, uh, we'll go off mic and you can tell us the rest. All right, Brent, <laughs> Brent, we're, uh, yeah. you, you've turned it off, yeah, right? It makes this sound. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're still recording, right? All right. Go ahead, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now that's awesome. You know, it, it's always, it's, it's humbling and eye opening when you can sit down with someone who's actually been in the steps or in the footsteps of things that you, I mean, it almost, it almost seems like a, a, a joke or a game or, or fake, you know, areas like area. 51 hell i've driven out through the desert and went to the gates and you see an area on a like horse that. with no name yeah right and it's just so <laughs> surreal to to see things like that and then to hear someone like yeah i've been there and i've you know i've worked there and stuff so very so, unique uh perspective so jeff to to wrap this up uh our final question you know the topic of 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 these episodes is disclosure no matter what it is, no matter what they're, the secret they're keeping, assuming there's a secret, do you believe that disclosure is imminent by the United States government? Uh, I would actually go. I'm going to go a step further. I'm going to give you guys a little bit step further. You, you are you are standing in the midst of a of a pre-planned disclosure process. You are actually in the middle of it. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, and wh- how I'll how I'll break that down to make it make it so everyone can understand it. It was a, you got uh, Jimmy Carter in the '70s who who had made a made a definitive push for NASA to become involved, which is a right. civilian organization that works for the government. Uh, you have constant NASA, you know, br- press briefings about life on life on you know moons of Jupiter and Saturn. Uh, you have the Pope, the Pope, the Pope himself, uh, not more than ten years ago, come out with a with a release that if if God created life, he also created life on other planets, mm-hmm. which is a way to kind of semi soften the blow and, and soften and the blow for back. the religious side. And then you have things like the uh the A the ATAP the AA the AA tap re- releases that have happened this December. And right. uh the the obvious non attempt by the government to silence uh Luis um Yeah from we, talk, Cohen- we talked about him Luis Elizondo, yeah. Yeah, very, very great guy. Great guy, by the way. Very, very, very trustworthy, very honest. And with him not going out there and, and, and you know, doing doing everything they can to silence him from saying the things he said on like CNN. There's a CNN interview. If you go watch that, it's very eye opening and uh, very honest. And him and a lot of other people in the in the government at that level and places that I've worked in that level. Uh, 100% believe that the evidence is there to prove. And, and if we see the evidence, and I'm not going to say we know everything, but if we were able to see and, and know what we saw and, and knew, then that means there's even more. Yeah, and yeah, so that, that it goes above and beyond. Yeah, above and beyond. And so there, there is a definitive move towards it. And I think that once, maybe, maybe hopefully in our lifetimes, but if not, def- definitely in the next generations, uh, there will be, there will be a, uh, either an event or a, or a, or a worldwide, um, information dump and a verification by governments of, of something. And, and then that, that's something that I'm, I'm sure that a lot of people will really want to hold on to and hope that it comes sooner. But 
they just got to be patient because for 70 years, uh, the governments have not let any of this stuff out. And so it's not good. They're, they're very good at holding on to it if they want to. If they don't want it out there, it's not going to get out there. So people just have to be patient and just keep keep railing and asking questions because that's how it that's how they get to the answers. And of course, that news dump's going to come the week of Christmas. <laughs> oh, aliens exist. Whatever. I got to get to the store and yeah. buy some gifts. Right, right, right. Jeff, thanks a lot for for jumping on here. We really, really appreciate it, and thank you for your candor. It was absolutely fantastic. And and also, thank you for your service. We appreciate yes, that as well. As we so. sit here and make a hack podcast, people are out there keeping <laughs> us uh, keeping us safe. We appreciate it. Don't worry, you can you can hack over to, jump over to my hack podcast, listen to yes. some military history. Maybe I'll throw some. Uh, some other hints in there, but uh, I got to, I got to, I got I do have to follow my non-disclosure agreements that I signed because you know they do watch. I'm sure they do. One, uh, <laughs> one more time, what's the name of your podcast? Uh, it's Changing Hearts and Minds podcast. It can be found uh, by searching for Change Your POV Podcast Network, which is the RSS feed that it's under, and, and uh, also. Like, and if you've been listening to the show, you've heard his his ads on our show too. So just follow those. Absolutely. Fantastic. Thanks, guys. Thank you, right, Jeff. Thanks a lot. Hey, this is Alejandro Rojas. Thank you so much for asking me to put this together. Uh, my thoughts on disclosure. Personally, I think there's, it's, it's a much more complicated issue than, um, a lot of the main advocates kind of, uh, get into. Uh, there's so much. Who are you looking to disclose? The president? Uh, what does the president know? Are you looking for officials uh, other than the president to disclose? Well, we kind of had that recently when we had the DOD admit they've been looking into UFOs and the head of that project saying that he believes this is a real phenomenon and they've recorded some extraordinary things. Along with that, we also don't know what they know. So and if you look at Blue Book cases such as 1952 over Washington, D.C., and you look at the Nimitz case, which was disclosed recently by the DOD, they're very similar. They're these objects that are seen on radar. Jets are scrambled. Jets get to the area. These things zoom off at extraordinary speed. Uh, when the jets leave, they come back. Uh, so the phenomena itself, if this is truly something anomalous that they've experienced, is not allowing any more discovery than that. And it's entirely possible um, that that is all we know. Um, John Alexander, for example, you know, who was uh, in the Army Intelligence, he did his own kind of internal investigation to find out where the secrets are being held and who are hiding the secrets. But he didn't find secrets. He found that, uh, you know, ignorance, um, a, a wanting to remain ignorant and embarrassment um, by even associating themselves to uh, this topic kept the military away from doing this research. And I think it's really important that everybody look at this report that was leaked recently about the Nimitz event because a large part of this had to do with the ridicule that uh, these pilots faced. And this isn't some sort of uh, institutionalized, commanded ridicule. This was just their fellow kind of pilots and, and seamen who were just so uncomfortable kind of with the topic or, or found it fun to make fun of it that, you know, this major ridicule that they faced makes it uh, obvious, you know, who wants to deal with something like that. So there might not be more to disclose. So I, I think, 
you know, um, when we're just kind of stabbing in the dark and saying disclosure, 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 there, uh, uh, it's much more nuanced and much more complicated than that. I think those who say that the disclosure has happened has a have a very strong argument, and those who believe that the White House knows more than they're letting on don't. Quite frankly, I mean, we do know that Bill Clinton, for instance, uh, John Podesta, who worked for Bill Clinton and Obama and Hillary, uh, that they have said that they would like more information out, but they they. It's just not there. Um, Clinton always puts the caveat, something like uh, he wouldn't be the first president that career bureaucrats have lied to. But uh, even then, um, who are these secret keepers? I think uh, there's much more. I think that the disclosure movement, the disclosure discussion needs to become more sophisticated if it's to become more effective. Hey, this is Rob from Our Strange Skies, and regarding the whole disclosure thing, the more I've researched the topic of UFOs, the more I have come to believe that disclosure is kind of, it's not a legitimate thing. I don't think the government knows as much as we think the government knows, and therefore I don't think disclosure is this thing that we're all looking for or we're all searching for. If you look at UFO reports today and even in the past and you compare it to the literature of UFO disclosure that is out there, all the document dumps, all the MJ-12 stuff, all of the AFOSI 1980s stuff, it does not resemble what people are experiencing. So to me, disclosure is kind of a falsehood. I don't believe that disclosure is something that the government can give to us. I don't think it's anything that any human can give to us. It's something that also pushes people forward into looking into this stuff and what the government knows. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. But to me, disclosure does not matter and does not discount what other people have seen, and it doesn't validate it either. And Brent, we are lucky enough to be joined by, I'd call, I'd call them the... Uh, the godfathers or god uncles <laughs> of the uh, of the conspiracy show god world. weird step uncles yes yeah, yeah. Is that how it goes? <laughs> uh the the gentleman from stuff they don't want you to know they don't want you to don't know. want you to know <laughs> uh mr ben and matt frederick and noel brown guys thanks so much yes. for taking a few minutes to join the show Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks for having us. Hello. It's a great pleasure. Doesn't it feel good to slum it every once in a while? <laughs> I, I think we're all we're all incredibly flattered to be referred to as God uncles. Yeah. Yeah. God anything. Uh, God weird yeah, step uncle. Get it right now. <laughs> Let's not church it up. Uh, so so guys, thank you again for joining us. You were nice enough to actually ha to have me on your show when we talked specifically about Tom DeLong as it relates to disclosure, and we wanted to have you on for a few minutes. And this is uh, the second part of our two-part series on disclosure. And we, we just wanted to get your 
thoughts on it. Uh, first, outside uh, of just the the whole Tom DeLonge, right? The, the, right. The whole, In gen- it's such a, a, a overarching topic and disclosure. Exactly. So you know, first, give us your overall thoughts. You know. Is there something to disclose? Now, to be completely fair, the three of us might not completely agree on this. That's okay because we never agree. Dude Ranch is clearly the best Blink-182 record. <laughs> Just putting that out there. Okay. From the stop. Hot the takes. Start. Hot takes. Hot takes. Yeah. yeah. We're going to disclose that first of all. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's our disclosure. So uh, just, just from my perspective here, um, the concept of disclosure in general is legit in that governments typically have things classified that they later leak, uh, you know, years or decades after the fact. So it's it's proven that a lot of things that were originally thought to be extraterrestrial in nature, unidentified flying objects from ages past, turned out to be classified aircraft of some sort. So in that in that sense. In that constrained sense, then absolutely, there is an ongoing thing uh, with disclosure that's happening and is real. The big question is, is there anything extraterrestrial to it? I would have to say I'm, I, we don't like to give our opinion on the show, as you guys probably already know that. But mm-hmm. I, I We would, love to. <laughs> we love to force <laughs> our style on everyone, so it's perfect. It's with no worries. I, I would generally say that there is – in all likelihood, not anything extraterrestrial in origin with this, but like Ben said, there is always some technology that will give an advantage to a, a any army that needs to be protected by that government or whatever entity controls that uh, military. Are you saying you don't believe in general, Matt, or just uh, this particular situation doesn't necessarily point to the existence of extraterrestrials? I think, I think in this situation, and there's enough, there's enough stuff that these guys, mm-hmm. uh, you gentlemen, have probably already been discussing, mm-hmm. d- depending how far along you are on the show right now. I don't know where you've ended we were, us in. We were hoping but, you were uh, going to do the work for us. I mean, we haven't even started. So. <laughs> <laughs> Slow start, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's, been, there's been enough smoke and mirrors along the way for disclosure for me to believe that perhaps there isn't anything going on here. Hmm. But Bummer. But, yeah, but, but additionally, we can say that there are quite a few people of enormous influence, both politically and financially, who absolutely believe that there's something there. Oh, I mean, shout out to the team at Bigelow, right? Who, right. They, from what we can tell, they are at least convinced that they have caught some actual flame behind the smoke and mirrors. But again, if that is the case, then... Why is there not more tangible, physical, inarguable evidence produced on their end? To sum up what I think it sounds like you're saying is there very well could be a need for disclosure. All the sightings, a lot of the technology, very real. But based on the evidence that you've seen thus far, you're probably not leaning towards it being extraterrestrial in origin, but having a much more domestic origin. I think we've certainly seen in the past technology that's held back way, way, way in advance of consumers and, you know, everyday schmoes like us getting our hands on it. So it it does seem a little more likely that we're getting a glimpse of some kind of classified bit of technology 
that has not been made available that the you know normal humans like you or I do not know about yet. Wrong. That, that I'm sorry. Wrong show. Likely. Wrong show. I got, <laughs> I got excited. So th- think about the Lockheed YouTube. Right. 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 We use that, and and the SR-71 is an example all the time. Well, yeah, but but I mean, 1955, 57 around the time mm-hmm. that they've got a spy plane that is you know pretty darn undetectable mm-hmm. and flying it at altitudes that it shouldn't be flying at it's the like time. It's like a Wonder Woman plane. Right. <laughs> and that's know. that's 1955. Except right. visible. Yeah, yeah. Wonder Woman's plane was a <laughs> I know. You, you know, for all intents and purposes. I think it's a great comparison. Uh, yeah. You, I mean, you're making a, a, a great point here about the the gap in time between what the public knows and what a given government or a private contractor can do. A, a great example of that would, of course, be Skunk Works. Mm-hmm. Right? And That's who produced the U2. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. And there's another question here that if we look at this overall, uh, there's a question that we have yet to see answered in any really substantive capacity by people who believe that disclosure is, in fact, an attempt to reveal extraterrestrial contact with humanity. And it is this. There's no solid explanation of the motivation for keeping it a secret in the first place. Uh, You will hear arguments that say, oh, it's national security, some sort of alien craft with incredibly advanced technology crashed in our Land, right? Crash somewhere in the hinterlands of Siberia or right. somewhere out in the desert in the U.S. But other than that explanation, there's not – I mean what what is – why would you keep – for? let's not even bother with how you would, which is its own bag of badgers, right? But why would you keep that a secret? It would be the single most important thing that ever happened. That's the burning question and, well, and people love to, to throw that question in people's faces and be like – well, you just don't understand it. It's it's for your protection. That's, as what, Tom DeLong that's what Tom DeLong said. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's for our own uh, safety, if if you want to call it that. You know. Now, now which guys, is, a, is a nice way to just so uh, I don't want to answer that. Yeah, I don't want to answer that. <laughs> now, guys, we earlier in the episode we uh, we talked for a, a good while on Dr. Stephen Greer, kind of the antithesis of Tom DeLong, both being disclosure advocates. One saying, you know, it's the dirty government, the military industrial complex holding it back so that we can't have free energy, whereas Tom DeLong says they're doing it for our own benefit. You had the chance on your show to interview Stephen Greer, if I'm not mistaken. What were your impressions walking away from that episode of him? And and his- total dweeb, <laughs> total dweebazoid. What? Oh man! All right, I'm being strong. <laughs> uh, he 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 begged credulity. Okay. Let's put it that. Oh, way. I'll give a, you that. Is that that's okay? absolutely yeah, I'll give you right. that. cool. There is a uh, there there is a, a certitude that he has that's about it. his opinions, and I think I think Noel, you nailed it with begging credulity uh, because. Whenever somebody – first off, the guy has done a ton of research. And a ton of work. Right. And a ton of work. And so many of the people interviewed in his film are these retired high-level military officials mm-hmm. that have really interesting things to say about the existence of this stuff. That to me was compelling, at least documentarily speaking. But mm-hmm. the, Greer has a bit of an agenda. No, yeah, that's, that's an understatement. That's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's one of the things. So it's one of the criticisms that he has received before. And when we did the interview, we were 
we were very much aware that we were entering late into the game. It's not as though we interviewed a guy who had just started digging into something and was attempting to figure out what the objective truth was. We interviewed someone who had spent years looking into this stuff, researching it, and had already concluded that they knew what was going on. So in that interview, we were learning about Dr. Greer's take on the concept of disclosure, um, which he had he had honed. You know what I mean? He came in with this. He came in with this uh, entire system that he had built intact. Yes. He's and he's already answered every question you're going to throw at him. Yeah, so he had he, his pitch polished by the time yes. he got to you. Well, I mean, you think about it. In, in 2001, that's when he gave the National Press Club dis, like the official disclosure meeting, right? Yep. Yeah. And that's that's when it we kind of started going down this path of oh, what if there are actual true retired people from the military who have these experiences? What do they have to say? And then that kind of really helped shape the way we talk about disclosure uh, from that point forward. But in that press club, uh, I guess uh, a press conference, mm-hmm. he interviews somebody that I find fascinating within this realm, and that's Richard C. Doty. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Th- yeah. This guy, it, there's a movie that came out in 2013 called Mirage Men. Excellent, and excellent movie. We've both watched it, and uh, yeah, can't, uh, can't uh, tell people to, to watch it enough. Well, it, it's fascinating when you start to think about perhaps why some of the mythology was built up around the idea of extraterrestrials when it comes to advanced aerial technology from Mm. the military. Um, And some of these people, actual players that may have been feeding disinformation and misinformation to believers. Right. I don't know that I asked him about uh, we, we, we asked Stephen Greer about Richard C. Doty when he was on the show and his answer was no. Oh no. Uh, I know, I know him. And I trust him, and I understand. So did Paul Benowitz. Kind of where how that work out for him? <laughs> you know, so. uh, I know. Mm. Yeah, that's that's one one thing we would want to add on that um, on on our side and from our perspective. There's nothing wrong with saying we can tell that someone really believes what what they're uh, espousing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but. In the realm of attempting to prove or disprove extraordinary things, it is simply the case that it's it's not enough to say this person said something and I believe them. You can say that you could say this person said something and we believe that they believe what they're saying. Yeah. But that's about as close as you can get. And part of part of that too goes back to that person's credibility. And and I made the point earlier that Dr. Greer I think is his own worst enemy in some regard because if you watch just a clip of him giving an interview, he sounds like, I don't know, probably the most sane person to ever talk about the existence of extraterrestrial life because there's so many caricatures of of people, you know, like – like uh, Giorgio Sukulos, you know, like the, these guys are just they're, they're cartoon characters and Greer doesn't come across that way. But then he can't get out of his own way. And if like if you went back and watched that serious documentary that that touched on the uh, little baby alien that mm-hmm. turned out to be a person, he he also spends almost half the documentary talking about how he's aligned his chakras and, you know, sitting in the desert, you know, with his legs crossed going om, om. <laughs> it, like like if you're trying to make a scientific documentary to to prove your point. Leave that stuff out. And I think he learned 
part of his lesson because there's a lot less of that in Unacknowledged, the Netflix documentary. But he still, to one extent or another, I think, um, while he doesn't come, come across that way, there's probably a, an ego hiding in there somewhere that mm-hmm. just has to let people know exactly. Uh, like, why is he on camera the whole time? Because let, he craves like external Matt, validation, like they said. Right. Absolutely. Matt, you were talking about some of the amazing people that he interviewed. I want to hear more from them. Mm-hmm. Less yeah. from less from uh, from Greer, but just that's just my, my, my take on it. Uh, did he talk? Did he talk at all about about some of those extra uh, those people that he had on the documentary and 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 what's gone on with their lives uh, since the documentary? Uh, I would say most of what we discussed is how he got into meetings or you know discussions with those individuals. Yeah, and a lot of it was very um, self-congratulatory kind of, in a way. And my whole thing, too, is like, for $5,000, you, too, can go on a UFO vision quest with Dr. Stephen yeah. Greer <laughs> in the deserts. Yeah. For a nominal fee, yeah, was... I can teach you how I got to where I am. Yeah, that There's so many people in this field that that is their pitch. Yeah. That's their spiel, you know? And I don't know. The guru-ness of it all turns me off. That, that That's just me in general, right. though. I tend to. Have you tried to align your chakras? Yeah. Maybe you'd, you'll get past that. And you'd... I don't know what <laughs> <laughs> is, I, I don't know. There's a lot of ancient wisdom, guys. I know. Maybe we don't know it. You're exactly. No, I, 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 I totally agree with that. It's just I don't know what it is. Yeah, but uh, I've never seen one. Everybody talks about ancient wisdom. Let's get some new wisdom in the field. You know what I mean? You can't get new wisdom. <laughs> I'm glad you guys brought that up. I'm working yeah. on a course and uh, for a nominal fee, <laughs> I could teach you about yeah. my new wisdom. Guys, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we hope you can come on the show again sometime soon. Thank you. That'd Thank be wonderful. You. Yeah. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, guys. Take we'll care. talk to you. Chakra time. Lots of opinions in there. Brent. Stuff they don't want you to know. Yeah. yeah we got the fun. big dogs on. And, uh, uh, we appreciate yeah, it. We appreciate lot. everyone for doing that. So now, John, before we get to Joe, we're going to let him hammer it home. What are your thoughts on disclosure? Uh, you know, the, doing all of this research and doing this show for the last 90 plus episodes, if you've listened to many of our episodes, you've grown to come to love me as a, as a bit of a skeptic. <laughs> And one way to put it. if you think of if you think of a gauge and the left side being I don't believe and the right side being I do believe, I've always been closer to the I don't believe side. Right. Not that I don't believe in aliens, but that I don't believe that they've been here. I've right. always said I believe in aliens and I still do. You heard it here. I am now firmly planted directly in the middle i'm just a little bit closer to maybe they have and and there's just a lot of interesting things that have happened however when we're talking about disclosure specifically what do i think that most of the people are seeing what do i think is being hidden i think what the wool that's being pulled over our eyes is 100 percent military equipment that is and and they are doing the Paul Benowitz shake all over again. I agree with you there and it's hard to not make the 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 connection between Tom DeLong and Paul Benowitz or Richard Doty and and Tom DeLong where you have these military people coming in and saying, "Hey, look. We're going to tell you some things cuz you're this guy. You're our guy, man. You're our guy, you know? And and, right. and we we really want it." And unfortunately, Tom DeLong, you know, strikes me and Stephen Greer for different aisles of different angles or different sides of the the spectrum, a yin and yang of this whole thing. They both want this to be true. I I truly believe. And hell, even even Obamore wanted it to be true, and he fed disinformation in order for himself to get what he thought was quote unquote the truth. He's like the double agent who thought he was helping the right. home team, right? 
it's hard to say. Do I believe in aliens? Absolutely. Do I think they've came to Earth? Quite possibly. Do I think we are headed towards disclosure? I think we're headed towards something soon, and I don't know what that is. And that might just be filling us in and more of what is out there for us in one way or another. And what I mean by that is it feels like we're headed towards something. You know, the, the CIA is releasing these tapes and the Pentagon is releasing these tapes and people are going on the news and, and Jeff's talking about the things that he's seen. And it's hard to believe that there's not something, whether it's our something or there's something, there's something in the world that they have hidden from us, whether that be advanced aerial phenomenon that is ours or the aliens, but man, it's hard to, to grasp why the big why behind why they would hide it all. Or are they just feeding us so the natives don't get restless? That might be the case. Kicking it to you, Joe. What do you think? I, I love being part of this episode so much. Um, just because, so I've said on, uh, exactly. <laughs> it kind of doesn't make sense. Uh, I've said before, so I won't go into it again, but, I 100% believe that the United States government hides things from people and, and, and does not disclose. I've also talked about my thoughts and theories around the potential for aliens visiting our planet. But this is, uh, I'll give a little different, it, it involves those, but I'll give mm. a little different view take on this. I think when you think about what we're looking at here, it's hard to say that somehow all of this stuff is some massive cover up because to what end? Like I, I have a really hard time believing that somehow there's this thought process like in the X Files where the people can't handle it. I just don't generally buy it. I, I, I think that's not what Tom DeLonge says. Exactly. Exactly. I think there's a lot. So of, the cover ups, and you're essentially saying the cover ups are case-by-case scenarios. Partially, correct. I think when you look at history of... of So I studied political science in college. Uh, I was going to get my PhD in that. I've, I've spent a lot of time on this. It's well known that if a government wants to distract, quote-unquote, the people, if you want to play magician and wave your hand over here to the left... Well, on the right, you're actually doing some sleight of hand. What do you do? You create a war. Um, that's pretty well known. Mm. I think there's this interesting component where when we don't have wars going on, what are the other talk tracks that can distract people? Conspiracies around things like assassinations of presidents or even failed assassinations like Reagan. Reagan got shot but it was failed. Right. But what, what was going on with that? Um, the alien thing to me falls very much in line with that of how do we have this weird, very, very, how do we have a well-constructed, not specific situation where we're all wondering, wait a minute. Okay. The stealth jet and the stealth bomber. Oh, those were real. The SR 71 was real. But then there's all this other stuff. Is it real? Like we don't know. Like and, and so it's and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and so it's it's like it's like stuff gets. We get just enough information to make us be like, whoa, we can create really cool stuff. But then, 
held back on information on things where it's like, well, there's other cool stuff, but no one knows. Is that real? Is it alien? Whatever. So that's kind of my feel on that is what an amazing way to create that same distraction that war creates at all times. There's a reason why we're still literally, I don't care what your political affiliation is. Obama, Trump, Bush, they all have said it. So it, it doesn't, it, it crosses all lines, but it's like, oh, we're going to get us out of Afghanistan. Yet here we are in Afghanistan. Like, right. like it's not quite as simple as a, as a, that argument. It's, there's got to be something that we're distracting everyone with. So, Nation, those are our thoughts on disclosure. My well-put-together, well-thought-out thoughts. Brent's interesting, contrived notions and Joe's meandering nonsense. John's so jealous. I am. The most yeah. well-put thoughts were by Seabot. Eat a dick. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I like those thoughts. But we want to know what you think, Nation. Hop on the Internet. Go to Facebook. Type in... Hysteria Nation. It's our discussion group. And really hop on there and let us know what you think. I want to know what you guys think about Disclosure. Tom DeLong, Greer, all these people, Richard Doty, Paul Benowitz. How do you feel about these things? How do you feel about the things that you learn that are actually true that your government has done? That's a fun discussion. I think we should have on there. Fun the way going to the dentist is fun. Right. Also, don't forget to hop on Hysteria 51 on Facebook.com slash Hysteria 51 pod. That's where you can find this and all our other episodes at Hysteria 51 pod on Twitter. Tweet at us. We love it. Give us a follow on there. If you want to hear yourself on this show, give us a voicemail. 773 669 7277. 773-669-7277. And if you forget that phone number or any of our other information, simply go to hysteria51.com. Yeah, not dot biz. I don't care what Joe Peck tries to tell you. It's dot com. It's dot com. Joe. Brent with the sleight of hand constantly. <laughs> I'm Joe Peck. Yay. Advocating hey. for dot biz. <laughs> <laughs> so Joe, man, two in a row. How's it feel? How does uh, it feel? Frankly, Disappoint, disappointing. It's never being on the show ever again, but leaving on a bang. So, uh, you know, two in a row. I think Meh. this is the one time that we can all agree on what Joe said. Meh. <laughs> With that said, I've been Brent. I've been Joe. I've been John. He's been Conspiracy Bot. Stay woke, meet sex. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite. Join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation. Or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand join.